Sepsis, or the infection causing sepsis, starts before a patient goes to the hospital in nearly 87% of cases. Sepsis is a medical emergency. If you or your loved one has an infection that's not getting better or is getting worse, act fast. Get medical care immediately. Ask your healthcare professional, could this infection be leading to sepsis? And if you should go to the emergency room, learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Fix Work. I'm Lori Rudiman. When I first started on the internet, people would email with questions about work. They would ask me how to quit their jobs or how to report their bosses. Or in general, they would just tell me these horrible work stories. Now, I still get that like all the time. And I'm happy to refer all of those people to former guests like JT O'Donnell and Ask a Manager and even Julie Zhu. And now, really, the number one question I get or group of questions I get is about podcasting. In 2019, everybody wants to start a podcast. Well, maybe not everybody. Maybe not you or your uncle or your mom. But a lot of people email me and ask me about individual podcasting, but also enterprise podcasting. How do we do this in our organization? How do we have a podcast where the CEO talks to the employees, but we keep it confidential? Or how do we have a podcast for the marketing department to let other departments within the organization know the cool things that we're working on? I don't really have any of those answers. (laughs) I just wake up in the morning and talk into a microphone. That's my full-time job. But I do have this producer, Danny Osmond, whom I talk about every week. He's just so fantastic. And I invited him on today's show to talk about podcasting and enterprise podcasting. Now, this is not a commercial for Danny. We talk about who he is and how he got into podcasting, but we answer questions on what this wide world of podcasting is and how it can help to fix work. If you're interested in employee communications, if you want to help people communicate more effectively, if you want to foster creativity and collaboration and transparency and all of those buzzwords that are in your mission statement and your value statements, well... I think podcasting might be a solution for you. So everybody sit tight and I'll be right back with more Danny Osmond and Let's Fix Work. Work is broken. And so is the way you think about it. Host Lori Rudiman is picking up the pieces so you can take control of your career, put yourself first and be your own HR. With the Let's Fix Work podcast, here's Lori. Hey, Danny, welcome to Let's Fix Work. Hey, Lori, how are you? Oh my goodness, I'm fine. How are you doing? This is a different relationship, a different role for us. <laughs> you are my podcast producer, but today you are my guest. Yeah, I am. And also just coming after a, a week of tracking Hurricane Dorian, it was uh, pretty weird and all over the place. And But I'm glad to be back home here today in my studio, I guess you'd call it, talking to you. Yeah, I call it like a man cave, but it (laughs) legit is a studio. You are hooked up with the podcasting scene, and that's why you're on the show today. I want to go deep on why podcasting matters. But you know, in 2019, there's a running joke that you either go to therapy or you have a podcast. (laughs) So I thought maybe we could start at the beginning and you can tell us about your childhood. What's what's wrong with you? (laughs) Definitely. And it's meta in a way for me too, because not only do I work on these podcasts, but I have therapist podcasters. I have business coach podcasters. I have woo-woo sort of meditation (laughs) show podcasters. So it's therapy in multiple ways for me. I hate to disappoint you, but my childhood was actually pretty boring. I had a normal nuclear family, two and a half kids. 
you know, supportive parents that when I decided that I wanted to be a musician, they were like, yeah, go for it. Follow your dreams, do what you want to do. And, you know, I had a grandfather that created a college fund for me that got me most of the way through college. So I wasn't saddled with student loan debt. Wow, this is a great American story, actually. Yeah, Yeah. uh, you know, got a grad assistantship that paid for grad school. So yeah, I wanted to become a musician. I started on that career path. Few people in the podcasting world know that I actually have a master's degree in conducting. So like the guy that gets up in front of the orchestra or the choir and waves his hands and all that sort of stuff. Wait, you can get a master's degree in that? Yeah, you can. You can get a doctorate. You can. It's amazing. You can go into the academic field. I chose to go into the performance field, which I didn't realize meant that if I wanted to get a good job as a conductor, I'd need to be about 55 before I got one of those jobs because there are literally conductors out there who are 80 some years old on a stool on stage conducting. Yeah, they don't they don't quit until they die. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) So right about, I guess, 10 or 11 years ago now, I started a recording studio because I'd always dabbled in engineering and started recording musicians, uh, bands, things like that. My niche was actually the acapella world. So uh, pentatonics, groups like that. If you're familiar with the Pitch Perfect movies, that was my jam for about 10 years. And it wasn't until actually about four or five years ago now that I switched to podcasting. Well, tell us a little bit about the switch to podcasting because everybody comes to podcasting for a different reason. So why podcasting for you? What is it about the medium, the method, the people that attracts you? Because this is your full-time job at this point. So about 10 years ago, when I started my recording studio, that was when I discovered podcasts and started to listen to them. My daughter was born with a brain injury at birth and she has cerebral palsy. So that period of two to three years when she was really young was very stressful. It's, you know, you go into being a parent thinking it's going to be one way and then it's completely different. So for me, I started listening to podcasts as therapy to go back to your your first question. And it was a few podcasters that helped me get through that time period, helped me grow as a person, you know, as a man growing up in the South. Uh, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. There were certain things that I thought was the way life was supposed to be. And growing up in the upper middle class suburbs, I, I didn't know anything in terms of stress or hardship or things like that. So podcast helped me become a better human, helped me get through a lot of that stress and work through some of the things that helped me discover things like meditation and stuff like that. But then in terms of doing it for a living, You know, right now in this world, especially, it's hard for people to walk an inch, let alone a mile in someone else's shoes. And I feel like podcasts are the one form of new media where you can have long form, nuanced conversations and you can share stories of what real people are experiencing. And that's my why. That's why Mm -hmm. I do it. I wonder if other people feel the same way. For me, I fell into the world of podcasting because about a decade ago, my husband listened to one nerdy podcast obsessively. It's called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Mm-hmm. And for some mm-hmm. reason, he became like a introverted fanboy of that podcast <laughs> and loved it and fell in love with it. And that led to like Adam Carolla and Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of fell into this world where I listened because he listened. And then I got curious and I thought maybe there are HR podcasts out there. Maybe there are business podcasts out there. And lo and behold, there are. So my journey was kind of sideways. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like a direct mm-hmm. journey to podcasting. Why do you think people gravitate 
towards the medium? Like, what is it about podcasting that makes people go, yes, I want to hear more? Oh, man, you're you're right. I mean, there's a podcast for everything. <laughs> you literally <laughs> can put any search term in any of the podcast app and find yeah, a podcast yeah. that will appeal to you. People are lonely. They are starved for actual conversation these days. The way we communicate now is so impersonal that people want that connection and they're not getting that anymore. And when they're stuck in their long commutes or their frustrating jobs, they want to connect with someone. When they're running, when they're working out or they're cleaning their house, they want to learn something. Okay. So the podcast host who is millimeters from their eardrums becomes their friend very quickly. And after a few episodes, a real bond of trust develops between the host and the listener. And the host is not only a friend, but quickly establishes themselves as an expert or an authority on a subject. So that's why people are listening. They want the connection, they want to learn, but it's also why people are choosing to podcast because they see the power in it. There are plenty of statistical advantages too. I mean, we're talking about right now, the latest research that has come out this last year, you've got more than 50% of Americans who now listen to podcasts. And that number has steadily increased every year for more than 10 years running. And the thing that hits me the most is the way that people digest different forms of content. You've got the people that like videos, you've got the people that like to read blogs. The podcast listener, more than 90% of them consume at least half or most of each episode that they listen to. So we're talking about like on your show, that's at least 15 minutes. Yeah. For yeah. Joe Rogan's show, that's an hour and a half where people sit and listen to someone talk by themselves or to someone else. And that to me is why podcast has the power to change things, to change the world, to change the conversation. Wow, that statistic is amazing. You know, I find when I'm listening to podcasts, although I want to multitask, I often get still. Like I will at a very good moment in a podcast find myself just sitting there listening to the speaker. I wonder what the behaviors and the attributes are of other listeners. Are they multitasking mm -hmm. or are they getting still like me? Well, yeah, most people, in terms of statistics, what we see is that most people consume it, like I said, on their commute, on when they're doing something else where they don't have to multitask. Yeah, yeah. So I think it is like you where they are. It, it really is a primal thing. Like if we think back over millennia, we have told stories to each other. We have shared our experiences through the spoken word since the beginning of time. Really, and I think that's a, it's it's a primal instinct that we have as humans, and that's why it appeals to so many people. Well, leave it to capitalism to ruin everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like we're in a moment where everybody has an individual podcast, right? It's so mm -hmm. incredibly trendy, but where it's not necessarily trendy, and where I don't see it being so popular is in corporate America. There are corporate mm -hmm. sponsored podcasts. But this notion of enterprise podcasting is only now emerging as a way for executives and HR teams to connect with employees, to workers, to vendors. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about like enterprise podcasting, what it is and where you see it going in the next few years. Oh, yeah. yeah you can go back into early radio and, and TV in the 50s and you get those branded shows. And then podcasts are similar. You've got the Dell show out there. You've got Slack had a show for a while that are branded content. So after the branded podcast, because that's out there with the major corporations, people that are the early adopters, you've had this going on enterprise podcasting for about five years now. There were people that got into it before then, but 
major brands like the, the Marriott's, the Geico's of the world have been doing it now for about five years. To define what enterprise podcasting is, it's basically a podcast that is generated inside a business. So it's similar to what we're listening to now, similar in terms of content and things like that. But the difference is, is that it's only available to the employees or the stakeholders of that business, of that corporation, their enterprise, right? Behind some sort of wall. So not a paywall, but some sort of password protected or only available in a certain way or on a certain player or something like that. And major podcast hosting companies like your podcast host, Libsyn, Podbean, Blueberry, they provide solutions for corporations to use so that are secure, so that things don't get out there. And that allows those corporations, businesses to share sensitive information in a podcast. Things like messages from leaders, team meetings, important company announcements, organizational changes, HR announcements, employee orientation, onboarding, even corporate earnings calls, annual reports, things like that. So they Interesting. are... Interesting. Yeah. Those companies like Libsyn have developed very secure platforms for major corporations to use. So why, if I'm an HR director in like South Dakota or a business leader in Indianapolis, Indiana, why would I choose podcasting as a vehicle to talk to my employees? You know, I have myriad solutions out there. I've got Slack, Skype, you know, regular just chat functionality, text message blasts, in-person town halls. What makes podcasting the right vehicle to communicate important messages to your workforce? I'm one of those rare people that has not experienced a huge corporate setting. I worked in academia for a while and then worked for small nonprofit arts organizations where I could walk to the other five or six people in the office and talk to them and communicate. But I've seen office space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. do we like meetings and memos? Do we like reading too long, didn't read emails? The podcast, like I said earlier, first of all, it can be consumed in so many locations. It can also be consumed at one and a half times speed, two times speed. So if you're annoyed by your slow talking leader, you can listen to it faster. <laughs> wait, wait, I want to I want to differentiate here between the different speeds, because I have found that people who are kind of new to the world of podcasting don't quite realize that on their player, they can listen faster. Yes. Can you talk about that? Is that a normal habit for people once they get familiar with podcasting? It is for some people like my wife cannot stand it. She gets way too stressed out if people are speaking quickly. But for me, first of all, I have to listen to a lot of podcasts as part of my job. So it's a necessity. But there's also stuff that I want to learn. And you realize pretty quickly that if you ramp up one and a half speed to two times speed, there's even some crazy people out there to listen at three and four times speed. I don't know how they do that. No. Yeah. But it allows you to consume things and learn things quickly. So it's like the if you've heard of the app Blinkist where you can get the, you know, the Cliff Notes version of a book. It's kind of like that for a podcast where you can get the content and your brain can actually understand it by going at that faster speed and you can consume more. So most importantly, podcasting allows leaders to virtually connect one-on-one -on -one with the employee. When, you know, if they have 50,000, 100,000, 10,000 employees, they can't do that. And I remember we started this conversation at Work Human when you invited me to attend. And I noticed that almost every session was about communication. In the podcast, a leader has the freedom to connect more authentically, even be vulnerable in a podcast, you know, that they're recording alone in a room versus being in front of a crowd or in a meeting. So, podcasting in short is it's a more engaging way to communicate and not only that but you can reach the non-desk worker 
right? Yeah. If you're retail, yeah. sales, service teams, the the road warriors, these are people that don't sit down in front of a computer to read an email necessarily or get a memo. And in a way, a podcast, it bridges time zones. So if you're a national, a global company, the podcast can be digested on someone's schedule. Yeah. So they yeah. don't have to, you don't have to schedule a conference call at a certain time to make sure it works for everyone else. What are some creative ways that companies are using enterprise podcasting besides communicating from like leader to employee on a massive scale? Are there other ways they're doing it? Well, I think the most interesting thing to me that I've seen is that the podcast doesn't necessarily have to be top down. If you take the idea of the, if the HR department or the HR ladies or the HR leaders or whatever are leading this push they can be communicating from the HR department to all the other departments or the development department can be talking to the operations department about things that are coming down the pipeline, things that are going to be new that are going to change things. The marketing department can communicate what it needs to to the entire stakeholder base in terms of what people should be saying, what words they should be using. It doesn't necessarily have to be the CEO talking down from on high to the rest of the employees. There are all these HR listeners out there who will find objections to podcasting for a lot of different reasons. But one of them will be, do we have to compensate our employees while they listen to the podcast? I already know that's a question out there. And I think that's a pretty good question for hourly workers, you know, especially if this is a work-related podcast. But for your average professional corporate employee, if your CEO does a podcast and they're commuting in or they're traveling, I would bet 50 bucks that this employee will Mm -hmm. want to listen, will want to have the CEO in his or her ear, will want to have a connection with that leader whom they may have never met or may have just met Mm -hmm. once. I mean, that's a benefit. That's an employee perk versus a mandatory task or assignment. What do you think about that? Well, yeah. and, And I've seen it work. Employees, they don't want to be a battery, right? They don't want to be thrown away. They want to feel like they matter. They want to understand what's going on. They want to have more of a connection. And being at Work Human, hearing your episodes, it sounds like that's lacking in a lot of employee leader relationships. So you've got situations I've seen work like Dan Cockrell, who you interviewed at Disney. His father, who was a vice president of the entire resort, Walt Disney World Resort before him, started the Main Street Diary cast member newsletter cast members are Disney employees. And Dan decided to carry that on, but he did it as a podcast because he realized that you know his, his father was working with 40,000 cast members. Dan was getting to the point of having 25 to 30,000 cast members in the one park that he was a vice president of, and he realized he would never meet all of them. So he chose to do a podcast to share news, share a more personal side of himself, talk about you know parking cars at Epcot or loving rugby or whatever. And he also would use it to feature cast members' successes and and good customer service stories and things like that. Geico has done something similar where you ask the question about security and things like that. For almost four or five years now, Geico has been sharing information, communication internally, communicating with people who are on the go. Like they have tons of adjusters and things like that, right? They're all over the place. They're always in their car. This is a way that work can get done in that time that is normally spent doing nothing or as part of the job that they're already getting paid for. It gives the employee the flexibility as well, right? People that don't necessarily 
want to listen to the podcast, they still will have the blog or the memo or the email. You asked about making it easier on the staff. The podcast is also, and we we can talk about this more in detail, it's a way to save time for the staff. If the leader is dictating notes anyway or delivering a meeting and, and speaking, the podcast is a way that that content can be recorded, first of all not taking up all the other employees time because the leader can just set up a mic and do it. And then it can be transcribed. And that's an easy way to then create all the other content or all the other documents or all the other communication that needs to happen based around that one earnings report or organizational change or whatever. Well, I love that you're taking the conversation to a process because when I worked in human resources and even in my role as a consultant, the one thing HR professionals and leaders don't have is time. So Mm -hmm. to say to someone, okay, you've already been doing all of your employee communications, now do a podcast is like an onerous ask. (laughs) It just sounds so hard. But really, one of the things I've discovered through podcasting is once you have a process down, the process kind of works itself. It's quite beautiful and quite elegant. So if I were an HR director or a business leader and I was interested in podcasting, how would this work? Like, how would I do it? Well, first, and I'm going to stay away from the technical stuff first, because first and foremost, it takes the desire to improve communication in your company. Okay, if you've been stuck doing it one way forever and people are unhappy and people are bored at meetings and people are upset or feel like they don't matter. They don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. You first have to come to the table with the desire to improve that communication. And from that point, it's relatively easy. I mean, I'm looking at your setup right there and mine, and I've got one here on my desk. All it takes is a Audio-Technica ATR 2100 USB microphone. Plug it into the MacBook Pro, open up QuickTime, record. And then there's some other things you can do, but essentially then all you need is the hosting solution where you just upload the file and then it's available. But like I said, recording the podcast can be a time saver. First of all, it just as if you were dictating notes or whatever, that can generate a transcript that generates all the other stuff. And as we've seen just by the way people love podcasts and 50% of Americans or over 50% now listen to them, a lot of people will prefer to listen. They'll look at this as, like you said, a benefit that, wow, I don't have to go to this 8 a.m. meeting or I don't have to sit through this person who just needs to say something before the end of the meeting because they realized, oh, I haven't said anything yet and I need to look important or whatever. (laughs) And then that's where for lack of plugging what I do, because you so graciously talk about me on every episode, that's where I come in. That's where a company like mine comes in, Emerald City Productions. I'm assisting podcasters like you, like Salesforce, deliver high quality sound, well-produced podcasts. And essentially, I make it so that all you have to do is record into your microphone and then you're done. So what we and my team do is we produce the episode, we're editing it, we're making it sound better, we're handling all the tech set up stuff on the back end to make sure that the tech warning alert, the RSS feed is working correctly and is showing up in the right places and all the apps are getting in. Spotify is not kicking you off because you've got licensed music or whatever playing on your podcast. And then we're also publishing it. And like for you, we're working on marketing collateral and scheduling social posts and doing all the back end stuff that would take an hour or two of your time each week that you now have to write your book or whatever you're working on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the reason 
we exist is to save you time and then keep you on a consistent schedule. And that's the big thing too with enterprise podcasts is that you have the ability to create a workflow around communication where you could have a weekly 15 minute, 20 minute podcast from the executive that is set to record at the same time each week and the process starts. And so employees have consistent communication or it could be a monthly podcast or it could be a quarterly thing or it could have bonus episodes or whatever where there's a special announcement to be made. But what it does and what working with me does is allows a podcaster or a company that's wanting to do this internally to stay consistent. And that's partly why people like podcasts because they're friends there every week to talk to them. They don't disappear. Yeah. I was just thinking about the parallels between where we are in podcasting and some of the lessons that I learned back in the day when I wrote on Punk Rock HR, The Cynical Girl and Blogging. Mm -hmm. And one of the key pieces of advice that I used to give out is that Walmart has designated hours where they're open every day. They make an appointment with their customers. They're reliable. And as a blogger, it was really important for me to show up every day with something interesting to say. No, I don't blog every day anymore. That's not the way the world works anymore. But now I have a podcast and it comes out every Monday morning and it's you know, a regular appointment with people that I love and people that I care about to have a conversation. And I think that regular commitment to an employee in any format is going to be great, whether it's podcasting or a blog or some sort of internal missive. But Mm-hmm. You know, that commitment to communication that you heard that was lacking at work human can be easily addressed with podcasting. And a lot of people ask me, have we reached peak podcasting? And, and maybe in some niches, there are too many podcasts. But I don't think there are enough podcasts where executives are having real and honest conversations with their employees to that audience regularly and in an intimate way. I don't know. What do you think? Podcasting has been around since the early 2000s. And in the 10 plus years now that Edison Research has tracked it, it's grown consistently in listenership by about 2 to 5% each year. Just in the last 18 months, you've had major, huge companies like Spotify and Pandora and Google start to develop solutions to improve on what another huge company, Apple, has offered us for about a decade now. So I'm expecting continued steady growth in podcasting. There's just too many people that love this form of media. And like I said earlier, listening to another human telling stories to each other, it's primal instinct that we've had since the beginning of time. And I think podcast content in some form or another will be with us for years to come. How will we know when it's jumped the shark? Because executives never want to be late to anything. So how do you know when podcasting is over? That's a good question. I think that's really hard to answer. Because even if, you know, if you look at video, you've seen YouTube and that has been around, what, for almost 10 years now? Yeah. You've had times where their growth has plateaued and then it picks up again. Somebody tries something new. Somebody does something different. In, in podcasts, the big, huge growth was when things like Serial and Joe Rogan started their shows and, and have grown into these major things. But every year there's somebody new. There's somebody doing a new investigative show about this or there's some new leadership show that has a different take on leadership strategies or there's, you know, every few months I get a new client who does a show and within five or six episodes, they've got 
200 to 500 people listening to each episode. Amazing. Yeah. There's so many people in this world that I almost see it being endless in a way. I certainly hope it is. It's my <laughs> it's my career <laughs> yeah. path. It's how you pay your bills. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look at radio. Look at how long radio has been around. And even though radio has started to decline, it still hangs on as the number one source that people listen to in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting is now number two and it's quickly grabbing a lot of that market share from radio. All it really is, is just a different way to listen to people talking. Totally. So maybe podcasts will change into something else. You know, for a while we had video podcasts and that was a big deal. And people still try to do their podcasts in the video form. But predominantly now it's people listening. Yeah. Because it's just so much easier to listen. Well, as we wrap up the conversation today, I thought it might be fun for you to tell us some of the podcasts that you love and you listen to, or maybe some of the ones that you produce that you're very proud of. So who should we be listening to? Who should we discover? So the podcast that I'm really loving right now, that they catch you off guard. One that I just recently started listening to is Pantsuit Politics. You and I are very similar in our political leanings. But this is a political podcast that is actually, it's not people yelling at each other. It's actually people having nuanced conversations. It's two lawyers, women lawyers from Kentucky. One, when they started this show, one happened to lean right and the other leaned left. And over the history of their show, they've actually both come closer to the middle, especially because of who got elected in yeah. 2016. <laughs> He'll do that. Yeah, yeah. It's very fascinating because it's fun to hear a hour-long political conversation that you actually feel smarter after listening yeah, to. Like you actually cool. have learned something. I'm a avid endurance athlete person. Like I like running, I like cycling. So I've really been enjoying Lance Armstrong's podcasts recently. If you're, no matter what you think of Lance Armstrong, you've got to check out his podcasts because this has been a way, his way of moving forward with his life and telling about his experiences and also sharing, like he has a cycling podcast called The Move where they trace the different grand tours and things like that and follow them and comment on them. But you get to hear the behind the scenes. You get to hear the love of the sport that you never heard when it was winning seven tours and then being disgraced by the mistakes he made and things like that. He also has a great interview podcast that is called The Forward, where he has these great conversations with people like him who have made mistakes and have kept moving forward and how they've righted the ship and improved their lives and things like that. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, those would be the two that are really exciting me Yeah, recently where I, I look forward to seeing them show up in my app <laughs> when I'm ready to listen. Well, I'm glad you shared those with me. And if people want to learn more about enterprise podcasting, how to improve their own podcasting skills, where do they go? Where can they find you? And what resources do you have available for them? Well, my podcast is called Podcast Strategies. And those two terms are very abundant in most search engines. So if you just search my name, Danny Osmond, you'll find me right away. and You can check that out. I talk about podcasts and how they can be useful for all sorts of different industries. I just recently had an episode with my friend Ernie Svensson, Ernie the attorney who helps small firm attorneys improve the use of technology in their firms and save time and go paperless and things like that. So I talk about how lawyers can podcast and how realtors can use podcasts. And I also 
spend a lot of my episodes talking about best practices and, and things you need to know, common questions I get, stuff like that. You can also go to my sites, emeraldcitypro.com or dannyosmond.com on dannyosmond.com. I've got my blog and all my podcast episodes there as well. And you can always set up a, a call with me at emeraldcitypro.com slash call to get even more in-depth information. In terms of resources that I would really urge people to check out, go to Edison Research. They are the source for most statistical evidence about what podcasts are doing and how people are consuming them and the benefits that you can see from them. And they've been doing their survey for over 10 years now. It's well laid out. It's well explained. So you can see crucial information in a way that's easy to digest and makes a lot of sense. Well, isn't the answer to all of these questions always everything will be in the show notes? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, everything will be in the show notes and we'll be writing them. So I'll make sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got off of a call the other day and I was going to send an email. Instead, I said, I'm going to send show notes. Like that's ingrained in my system. So it's always in the show notes. That's the answer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Danny, it was great to have you as a guest on Let's Fix Work. Thank you, Lori. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Danny Osmond. Now, everything we talked about, all of the resources, all of the good reporting, the good research on podcasting can be found at laurierudeman.com forward slash let's fix work dash 76. You can give us your email address and download a wonderful, beautifully designed PDF with key takeaways that you can use to share with your other departments and start to build a plan to podcast for the enterprise. Now, you know Danny Osmond is the producer of Let's Fix Work, and I'm really grateful for his support. What you may not know is that Danny produces over two dozen podcasts. He's got a little empire going on, and every week I have help from a wonderful group of individuals. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody for working on Let's Fix Work to make the show sound great. That's all for today, and I hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next time on Let's Fix Work. If you're ready to make a real change in your workplace, start today by number one, subscribing to Let's Fix Work on the Apple Podcasts app or iTunes or Stitcher or Android or wherever you listen. Number two, write a five-star rating and review. And number three, share it with a friend, colleague, or coworker who you think would enjoy our episodes.